When we disempower ourselves, the mitochondrial DNA, which is where emotion and thought and memories are stored, is passed down unchanged to the next generation. It's untampered with. So it was again like, wow. So we have an issue with women's empowerment. We're not able to connect the dots. We have to figure out a way to do this because if we don't, then we pass down our disempowerment to the next generations. And it takes so much of a longer time to unwind that whole equation of really feeling confident, feeling vital, owning who you are and going after it. Welcome back to the Essentially You podcast, all about reinventing your health with safer, cheaper, more effective natural solutions and powerful lifestyle changes so that you become the CEO of your health. I am your host, Dr. Marisa Snyder. Have you ever felt like you were suffering from superwoman syndrome or rushing women syndrome or even survival overdrive syndrome? I know I have, and so has my expert guest today, Dr. Taz, and we are going to be keeping it real about how to conquer superwoman syndrome for good. See, growing up, and I have a feeling you know a little bit about this, but I learned that my worth as a woman was measured by how busy and how much I could do for other people. So I worked hard from as early as I can remember. I was determined to prove my worth through hard work, multitasking, and adding more to my plate. But at some point, my plate became this massive platter, yet I still found myself stressing about not doing enough, especially for other people. For years, I felt like a robot, simply going through the motions. I neglected myself over other pressing priorities. My constant rushing took a front seat to my health and my hormones, and I suffered the consequences. In hindsight, I was suffering from rushing women's syndrome or superwoman syndrome, and it was wrecking my health and my life. Now, superwoman syndrome is a term coined by Dr. Taz, and it describes the biochemical and emotional effects of constantly being in a rush and the health repercussions that survival creates. When I began to understand the physical and biochemical implications of rushing or acting as a superwoman, I realized that that was wreaking havoc on my health. I also realized that I wasn't the only woman suffering from these issues. Everywhere I looked, I met women with similar demands and countless priorities. These priorities were rarely centered around their health until it became too late. Now, as a practitioner, I have taken care of thousands of women dealing with a lack of energy, experiencing anxiousness, hormonal imbalance, weight gain, and chronic stress. And it's not just the physical health consequences that concern me when it comes to each of us. It's when we can live a life so out of touch of our intuition and passion that we don't even know what we love to do anymore, that our energy is spent doing so many things that don't even bring us joy. Now, although I advocate hormone testing to figure out exactly what is going on in the body, there are key indicators to assess if your body is out of balance. And I wanted to give a couple examples of what it could look like when you're feeling out of balance, when you're living that superwoman lifestyle or that survival overdrive system. So here are some things to be looking out for. And what I'd recommend is if you can relate to three or more of these, we definitely should be looking at how to support you in a really big way. And that's why this conversation today is going to be so key. So here they are. Your hormones feel like they're out of whack. You don't feel very focused. You are exhausted in the middle of the day or in the morning. You're experiencing digestive issues because as you know, there's a connection between the brain and the gut. You frequently experience head and neck tension. You're unable to lose weight. 
You're sick three to five times a year. You can't fall asleep at night due to mental chatter. You feel anxious and overwhelmed by your to-do list. You say things like, I'm crazy busy, I'm in a rush, I've gotta go, I'm so tired. You don't remember how to feel calm and grounded and you don't necessarily feel happy and fulfilled by the stuff that you're doing. Can you relate to two or three of these warning signs? As you can imagine, we all deserve to feel vibrant, happy, healthy, and empowered to live our best life. And what it comes down to is having those resources to manage our priorities and our health in a way that works for our life. And that's exactly what Dr. Taz and I are going to be dialing down today. Now, before we get into this conversation, I do have a special surprise for you. As a way to set you up for success during and after this interview, I have the perfect little cheat sheet that features my top five favorite hormone blends for brain fog, fatigue, mood swings, calming mental chatter, anxiety, and sleep. Now you can go and grab this perfect cheat sheet that's so easy to implement in my show notes by going to drmarisa.com slash episode 83. Now before we jump into this powerful interview with Dr. Taz, I want to quickly just take a moment and celebrate your wins. Now one particular health rock star is Mara Sanchez, and I'm excited to shout out her win today as she shared on Facebook a couple weeks ago. Here is what she wrote. I have been so tired for over a year without any answers. Dr. Marisa's podcast and her story about chronic fatigue has changed my life. I am finally getting through my day and not feeling completely exhausted. Now I still have a ways to go, but I'm making progress. And I recommend Dr. Marisa's book to all of my friends struggling with fatigue and hormone issues. Well, thank you so much, Mara, for jumping on and sharing your very vulnerable story. I, as you know, I know that place and I just want to congratulate you on those next steps in your healing journey. And I will be holding space, girl, for those healing miracles for you to get that amazing energy back. Now, if you're listening, Mara, I would love to gift you with my amazing Superwoman blend. Just reach out to me on Facebook or on Instagram at D-R-M-A-R-I-Z-A. Well, fellow podcast listeners, you know I love to shout you out. If you like, you can reach out to me via Instagram, Facebook, or simply reviewing this podcast on iTunes or whatever platform you love to plug into. That way, these conversations, like the one we're about to have with Dr. Taz, will continue to support more women as they step into empowered healthcare and become the CEO of their health. All right. We are now getting into it. Let's dive into this incredible conversation with Dr. Taz. But first, I would love to sing her praises. Dr. Taz is an MD, board-certified integrative medical physician and wellness expert who has gained national recognition as a best-selling author of the books What Doctors Eat, The 21-Day Belly Fix, and Superwoman Rx. Her integration of Eastern medicine wisdom with modern science along with her unique power-type discovery has led to featured segments on today's show, Dr. Oz, Live with Kelly and Ryan, and eventually the premiere of her own PBS special, Superwoman Rx. Dr. Taz has been dubbed a superwoman in her own right, and she's committed to empowering women to own their superpowers as well. So you can be a superwoman and not have superwoman syndrome. I really do believe that we can have it all as long as we're managing that energy. And that is why I'm so excited to bring Dr. Taz on. (laughs) 
Welcome to the Essentially You podcast. Dr. Taz, how are you doing today, honey? I am doing great. I am thrilled to be here. Well, I am thrilled to have you. I know we just got to have a chance to catch up and and just talk about all the great things you've got going on. We're going to be talking about your book, which, by the way, I love, Superwoman RX. It's so good. And, you know, this is a book that I want all women to have. But I would love for you to tell a little bit about your journey, not only your personal experiences, but even, even how it's tied into you being a doctor. What shaped this book? What was the inspiration for you here? Oh my gosh, there are so many forces at play when it came to writing this book. I am passionate about seeing women be the fullest version of themselves. That desire comes from my childhood, quite honestly, where I've witnessed you know, generations of women kind of suppress their own desires to be somebody else, but not really true to themselves and how unhappy and miserable they were through that journey. And more importantly, how it affected their health. So I had a very early glimpse of that before I was even a doctor. I then, you know, began my career of going to college and going to school and all that other stuff. And I would, I always felt really called to do something to help people. And that, again, I'm not sure, I can't put my finger on exactly where that comes from. It may again come from a trip that we made to India when I was really little, I was 10, and just seeing the poverty there. And again, seeing the disempowerment there, I think, put something in me at a really young age that I had to change stuff, I had to do something. So I had these forces coming in even before I entered medicine. And then once you enter medicine, you kind of get swept up in a massive vortex of a million different things and a lot of stress and a lot of pressure and a lot of information. And so my life was just about that, regurgitating information, learning as much as I could. And then I came out and I was a high adrenaline girl. I loved, you know, procedures. I loved the emergency room. I loved the ICU. That's where I really, really found excitement in wanting to be in medicine. And so I started my residency, went into practice. And through that process, I was getting sick and I didn't really realize it. I was starting to lose hair. I was starting to gain weight. I was having a lot of acne and all these other symptoms. And it so slowly kind of kept crescendoing and went up and up and up until the by the time I was working, so about five to 10 years had gone by, like I was having joint pain. I was having all these weird symptoms. So instead of celebrating that I had made it through medical school, I had made it through residency, I was finally earning money, right? Because I'd been broke. Like, right, for that time you know, for a decade. Time, finally earning money. I mean, I remember getting that first paycheck and just being like, oh my God. So instead of celebrating, I was feeling really bad. I was feeling bad about myself. I was single. I didn't want to date. I didn't want to get dressed. I mean, all these different things. So finally, I met my husband, who at the time we were just dating, and my mom were the two people who were like, you need to go get checked out. You need to go figure out what's going on with you. Something's not quite right. So that started a journey of doctor visits, which also got me nowhere. We're very disheartening were very discouraging. I was only 28, 27, 28 years old at the time. And it was just really upsetting and finally got put on a medication that had side effects. Those side effects caused me to crash my car one day when I was driving. And it was that aha moment for me. Like I'm noticing even with patients, it takes like some really strong aha moment to be able to kind of wake up and be like, okay, I'm walking around in a fog, you know, and I really need to take this into my own hands. So that's where I just started digging in. I went back to, I'd heard about holistic medicine. So I jumped into what was existing at that time. This was over 13, 14, 15 years ago, and then jumped into nutrition, trying to study that and learn more about that. Studied uh, acupuncture, flew back and forth to California to get that license and just kept doing little pieces of the puzzle and finally did the 
fellowship in integrative medicine with Dr. Weil out in Arizona and finished that in 2008. And just had healed myself through all of that. All that studying was about a solid five to eight years. And through that, I had healed myself, found the way that I needed to eat, found what I needed to do. So people kept asking me questions like, well, what do I do? Well, you know, what should I do for this? Or what should I do for that? So my husband, who at this point we're married, he's finishing dental school. He was like, well, I'm starting my dental practice. You should just start in the back of it and see a few patients a couple of times a week. You can still work the ER, but that way, you know, you'll share all this information that you've been studying for the last five or six years with all these people who are asking questions. And so that began the journey into integrative medicine. And as I started that journey, it was completely unexpected. I got really busy really fast, you know, was not prepared for it at all. But the story was the same. It was the same story of people seeking answers, women in particular, not getting the answers when it came to their health, getting gaslit or swept aside to a certain extent. And then in turn, what happens is it's not just that they were getting swept aside with health issues, but much like me, it was changing who they were and it was changing their vitality to the point that they were making wrong decisions, wrong decisions about staying in marriages, wrong decisions about having children, wrong decisions about picking jobs. And when you start to see this pattern and you start seeing it over and over again, you're like, wait, there's something here. Our chemistry is our affecting our ability to make choices, to lead the lives that we were meant to be. Quite bluntly, our chemistry is directly implicated in our ability to pursue our passions. And I don't think I could have verbalized all of this back then. It kind of was all registered in the back of my mind somewhere. I'm observing and I'm listening and I'm hearing people's stories day in and day out. And then remember, I'm merging because I've studied Chinese medicine and Ayurvedic medicine and all this other stuff. I'm merging all these different pieces together. And they teach us to look at someone's emotions and personality and how that plays into their medical chemistry or, or their systems. And so as you do that, and you keep doing that over and over and over again, it took probably five to six years of being in the practice and really seeing those patients day in and day out for me to have another aha moment, I would say aha moment number two, to realize there are patterns here, you know, and these patterns are starting to line up. When somebody says, this is happening in Chinese medicine. It equates to this in Ayurvedic medicine. It equates to this in nutrition. And how empowering and powerful would it be if you could provide people with this tool before they got sick, before they had to like, you know, have a crash and then dig out of the crash and find, the, find their way again? How amazing it would be to offer women, especially, that type of solution. So that was the motivation, one of many motivations for writing Superwoman RX. I really wanted to see women empowered. I wanted them to see their fullest potential and live their healthiest and best life. I wanted them to be able to connect the dots, which I don't think our current model of medicine allows us the opportunity. It just gives us little little pieces here and little pieces there, but we're left to connect those dots. I wanted to be able to do that for them. And I wanted them to really understand, I'm desperate for them to understand how when we don't have our chemistry lined out, it impacts our emotions and it impacts our life choices. And it works the other way around that when we make choices that are not in alignment with who we are and what we were meant to do, that affects our chemistry and then that affects our vitality. So it's like the swinging pendulum that goes back and forth. And I think aha moment number three for me was realizing that this stuff gets passed on. It's transgenerational. So when we disempower ourselves, the mitochondrial DNA, which is where emotion and thought and memories are stored, is passed down unchanged to the next generation. 
it's untampered with. So it was again, like, wow. So we have an issue with women's empowerment. We're not able to connect the dots. We have to figure out a way to do this because if we don't, then we pass down our disempowerment to the next generations. And it takes so much of a longer time to unwind that whole equation of really feeling confident, feeling vital, owning who you are and going after it. So that was a lot in your question that I wrapped together, but it's, it's just, it's really hard to describe the motivation for this book. It's such a heart-based book because it's so much of what I saw growing up, what I witnessed getting out of the house, what I witnessed as I went through the medical practice, medical system to become a doctor, what it did to me personally, and then what I have seen in our patients over and over again over all these years. There's so many multiple facets here. There's so many layers of, yes, how women have been disempowered, how that travels down, or how women have overworked themselves and how that travels down as well. For me, it was kind of a similar story. I had a full-on meltdown, a full-on hormone crash. I had chronic fatigue. And this was in 2010, I want to say, called I Tasmanian deviled myself yeah, into the ground. I know. Yeah, wait a minute. <laughs> <laughs> that's what they called me. I just burned myself and I didn't know another way. And you know what? I remember, and this was a little bit, but a little bit after you, I didn't take what I, was recommended to me, antidepressants, birth control to help regulate, which we know that doesn't really do that. It doesn't at all. Uh-huh. But I remember having that this was the thing. Like, here you go. Good luck with that felt very dismissed, very put to the wayside. And I remember looking for answers, looking for solutions. And I was like, oh my gosh, there's nothing out here for us yet. And so much, thank gosh, so much has changed because of you and so many other beautiful doctor pioneers. And that's what we're here. That's why we're having this conversation, you know, to shed light. And I know that there's so many women just hearing that that story, Dr. Taz, a little light went on. And I know you talked about how sometimes we have to hit our bottom before we see that moment. But I really do hope that through these conversations that women see it sooner before they kind of hit that place. We don't all need a car accident to make that no, happen, right? Yeah. No, and that's and it's so hard. I tell patients this all the time. You don't know how amazing you can feel until you feel that way. And then you'll never, you'll never want to go back, you know? So yeah, it's just so many of us take our health for granted, take things for granted. We think we don't need to jump in until we have that car crash or that aha moment. But you know, the whole superwoman thing too is a little tongue in cheek, you know, because quite honestly, women have more on them today than they've ever had before in their history. Like we are thankfully expected, not expected, but we have the option to have high powered careers, right? But most of us still want a family. The majority of us, we still want the nurturing. We want a family. We want partnerships. We want relationships. We want community. We still have that longing, that urge. It's very natural. It's a part of our biology. And juggling the two has forced every woman, I don't care who she is or where she lives, every woman is forced into the superwoman syndrome type situation because they're just, it's balls in the air all the time, all day long with a lot on their plate and list after list after list. If you look behind me, you'll see all kinds of stuff, you know? So I think every woman, it's almost democratic where we are all in this kind of together. And it's really important to understand that it has now become our responsibility to own and chase after our health. Because if we don't, we will crash. I mean, it's a guarantee. We will crash. It may not be tomorrow, but it might be in five years, 10 years, 20 years, whatever. We'll crash. And then we take a whole ship down typically with us. It's not just that we crash in isolation. So I think it's just so important for women to understand that we've 
been given a lot. We have tremendous responsibility. So we have tremendous responsibility to ourselves as well. And when we ignore that, that's when we really, really get in trouble. And I've seen that over and over again. I just want to take a moment and say, thankfully, we get to stand on the shoulders of our mothers and our grandmothers who have allowed us to be in this position where, girl, we get to be doctors, right? We get exactly. to step into those careers. We get to write books. Doctors, you figure it out. <laughs> yeah. You know, so. And to ha- be in this time to be able to step into that growing up and seeing my it wasn't not that it wouldn't have been possible for my grandmothers or both of my grandmas, but it would have been so much more difficult for them. Oh, yeah. You know, and the society didn't support mm-hmm. them, right? No. Like, even if they tried, it was like an uphill battle for them, you know? So, yeah, I mean, that's when I say when I grew up and I watched like my brilliant mother like really struggle with trying to find her voice and her independence, you know, it's like it shouldn't have to be that way, you know? So yeah, we stand on massive giants, but all the more important for us to, to leave the legacy of also caring for ourselves and chasing after our health and understanding how to identify the blocks that get in our way and how to identify when they're, when we're malaligned, you know, like I talk about that all the time. If you're a creative dreamer, you know, and you're with somebody who's just like highly like accounting type, like point A, point B, non-emotional, there's going to be a little bit of this there because they're never going to be able to speak your language, you know? So, so again, trying to understand who you are is so critical in helping you in your relationships, in your life, in your biology and everything else that you touch. Mm-hmm. Despite all of those opportunities, you're absolutely, we have to protect ourselves. We got to take care of our bodies. I know it's, it's this new landscape, as you mentioned, this choosing in and no wonder we're sprinting for it. You know, we've really have out the opportunity to step into our own, our own power, our own empowerment. And you were just like, Oh, health. Oh, psh, I'll go get that later. Bottom of the list. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Let me, let me handle list. this first. Let me do this first. Exactly. And so, let's talk a little bit about superwoman syndrome. And it's the thing is, is that girl, you are a superwoman and there's a way that we can own that. And there's a way that we can, we need to, you know, use that in an empowering way, but how it's kind of turned us into this kind of puddle mess that we are turning into where we're exhausted and tired and struggling with our emotions and talk a little bit about what does that look like? You know, how is that messing with our, with our women's hormone health? How is that messing with us? So superwoman syndrome, I think I'm calling it a crisis. I feel like the majority of women today are dealing with it. And what I'm describing is basically women really just functioning in really low reserve. They're functioning on an empty fuel tank. It's probably the best way to describe it. But here's what that means in medical terms. It means you've got a lot of women with crashing and burning thyroids. You have a lot of women with what we're calling adrenal fatigue, where their cortisol levels are all over the place. They're wired you know, at nighttime, they're tired all day long. A lot of those concepts in turn translate to inflammation, to weight gain, to anxiety, to depression. And if you look at the statistics on any of those things that I just rattled off, they're female dominant, you know? So we know that women are struggling for a number of different reasons as they're trying to power through and navigate this new terrain or new sort of prototype that we have established for ourselves. So superwoman syndrome is real. It is a deficit of energy is probably the best way to describe what it essentially is. And that deficit of energy coming from, you know, nutritional reasons, hormonal imbalances, sleep deprivation, chronic stress, emotional discontent, living 
meaningless, passion, passionless lives. That's where this energy deficit is coming from. And so what women typically will try to do is cover up an energy deficit. So they will drink a lot of caffeine and maybe drink wine at night. You know, they'll work twice as hard. They'll make a million lists. They will carry their work home with them. They don't cut off at any given point of the day. And again, that just perpetuates the syndrome more so. Here's what I want to do. I don't want to say like people I almost get irritated when people tell me, well, you can't have it all or you can't be a superwoman. Actually, that's why we named the book. My daughter came up with it. She was like, well, mom, everyone's saying that you're a superwoman. So maybe you need to help everybody else be a superwoman. And I'm like, I'm really not a superwoman, but here's the deal. I don't want anyone to put limits on me, right? Or anything to put limits on me or to put a barrier up until in terms of what I want to accomplish or what I want to achieve. But the ability to be a superwoman today comes from a very strong, deep knowledge and A, who I am. And secondly, what my chemistry is. I couldn't do what I do today 10 years ago, 20 years ago. I have three to four times the amount of energy today being significantly older than I did back then. And I would even argue that I probably look a little bit better than I looked back then. And so that all comes from being able to pull the pieces of my health together, right? To understand what the core essentials for me are, which are, I mean, I could rattle it off to you. Like I need to be gluten-free. I need iron. I have to keep my thyroid balanced. I need at least five to six hours of consistent sleep at night. You know, I don't need a lot of sleep, but it just has to be consistent. That's why the ER was killing me and, and taking my health down. And so these are kind of the basics of what I need. And then I need a good stress management plan. And the other aspects of my life are well balanced. I have passionate work that I do. I have strong relationships in my home and in my community. And so I'm a pretty fulfilled person, thankfully. So that gives me energy. I don't run on an energy deficit that the majority of women I meet run on and then are not able to do what I'm able to do. So, you know, I want that for everybody. I want every woman to feel like I've got all this great energy. I can go do whatever I want. It's not that I'm not going to have the energy to go back to school or I can't take care of my children or I can't have that extra child or whatever else. That should never be the reason. Energy should never be the reason. So we want to restore that in women so they can do what they're supposed to do. And of course, along the way, when you get that chemistry right, you also prevent disease and you prevent aging and you prevent inflammation, all these other concepts that we talk about so frequently. And I want to dive into that a little bit in just a moment, kind of the implications of what this looks like. Because I feel like energy is one of the first things that we feel fall apart. Like I can't, I can't, you know, growing up, my mama would always, I always ask, how are you doing mom? And she was like, girl, I just need more energy. I just need more energy. And it was, it's like a broken record. I can't tell you how many times I've heard my mom tell me now I've taken care of her. She's, she's got all the energy now at, at 58 years old, but, um, and don't tell anybody. I told her how old she was. She yeah, I know, you're um, in trouble. <laughs> so I want to talk a little bit about kind of what other implications can be created when we start to kind of fall apart in those ways. But I want to ask you personally, as you're moving and as you're being this amazing superwoman in your own right, you know how your daughter sees you in that light, which is so beautiful, by the way. Is there ever moments, Dr. Taz, honey, where you find that maybe things start to slip to the wayside? Like, do you, are there ways that you know, like, okay, I gotta, I gotta kind of steer the ship back this direction? Are there things that you do, or are there ways that you know your your body and how to catch those moments? Completely, and I think that's such a great question you raise because you have to have 
a lot of self-awareness and then a lot of sort of introspection too of the people and things that are closest to you to be able to catch when something's slipping, right? So I'll know myself very quickly because when I start to, I'm usually fairly patient, but when I'm irritable or when I'm snapping, I know that I've maybe worked too much or dealt with one too many problems. It's time to shut it down and move on to something else. I also know that when I'm not clear headed or clear minded, I've spent too much intellectual energy and not enough emotional energy and I need to rebalance that way. A lot of you can do just a body scan and sometimes feel where you're holding tension or where it is that your body feels deficit. And I often find that it's up here in my head or my neck that holds the most tension because so much of what I do is just thinking or intellectual. So I need to move that energy down, you know? So those are some of the ways that I know I'm getting in trouble. I usually don't let it get to the point of a symptom like many women do where they're having insomnia or they're having full out hormone imbalances because I know so much, right? So it usually never gets to that particular point. But that's one way that I know. The other way I know is in my relationships, right? Because when I don't have a libido or when I can't engage with my daughter, son, or anybody else that I'm close to, I know that my energy is pretty depleted. That's another sign for me that it's very, very depleted. And I'm not able to put into these relationships what they're maybe expecting back from me. And it's interesting because I have a very strong minded, bullheaded daughter, no surprise there, but, but she needs a lot of time and attention. And when like the PBS tour that we were talking about, when that happened, we were doing a lot of this, like just a lot of butting heads and, and a sign that was a sign for me. Something's off here. Something's off in our, in our energy and our relationship. So I spent a day with her. I blocked my schedule. We went and did all the stuff together and just spending that one day with her was made like the next couple of weeks magical, you know? So, so it's, again, you get signs from yourself and how you feel, but you also get signs from those that are, you are around with how you're interacting with them, how much you're able to put into them, how much you're not able to put into them. And those are all clues, you know, that you're off or you're off course. Now there are always body clues that I find women ignore all the time. Energy is one of them. Mood changes, I mentioned even in me, that's another one of them. Not being able to sleep is another sort of body clue that you're off, something's off balance. And if you're not able to sleep, it's not just random, there's usually a reason for it. You should chase after it. Having uh, hormonal changes, like having changes in your cycle or your cycle disappearing, those are body clues, those are things to be aware of. And then just having any pains, I I'm continue to be surprised with how many people just dismiss pain. They'll be in pain, a little ache here, a little ache there, It'll escalate, it'll crescendo, but they'll continue to ignore it because, again, the mentality is we need to power through. And so, all of those things, I would say, don't power through, power up, really figure out what's missing and what it is that you might need so that we can jump on those things ahead of time before they become a disease or something bigger that you absolutely cannot ignore. Mm, and let's talk a little bit about some of those things that we absolutely cannot ignore. And I'm not trying, I don't want to take a moment to really scare anyone. But I do want us to recognize, you know, women, we just push it away. We think it's our normal. We think it's just the plight of being a woman, you know, our mom. And, and that's so much it comes from that generational experience where you my mom and my grandma are like, Oh, yeah, that's just that is just how you feel. Oh, you're right. a woman. Or you're just getting old. Yeah, you're just getting old. Or just way. like, women wear down. That is, you know what, you're taking care of the world. That's what's going to happen to you. Just know. So can you talk a little bit about some of the more serious implications? Just 
ask if I really want to highlight. It's one thing to feel tired. It's one thing to have, you know, you got that neck pain or that shoulder tension that's happening here, or maybe you're experiencing some cravings or irritability, but there are other bigger implications that we can see down the road. Absolutely. So here, here's my list and I hope everyone's paying attention. So don't ignore the following. Don't ignore hair loss. It says something about your body. Don't ignore joint pain. That says something about your body. Don't ignore weight gain or weight loss over 10 pounds. Something is wrong. Five pounds, we all kind of fluctuate every now and then, right? Like holidays or your cycle, or I think five pounds is okay. But once you start going over five and especially into 10, going in either direction, something's off. Something's off with your chemistry. Don't ignore that. Don't ignore changes in your cycle. So many women ignore that. They go from a standard 28-day cycle and all of a sudden their cycle's at day 22 or at day 31 or 41 or whatever it is. Don't ignore that stuff. Those are all signs that the body is not aligned. So that's absolutely something to not ignore as well. Um, Those would probably, and then pain, we talked about more symptoms, but these would be actual physical things that I would say you don't ignore. Changes in your digestion. That's a big one, right? Gut health is everything nowadays. So being constipated or having chronic diarrhea that's not normal, you know, really like dig in and get that stuff checked out. Cause these are all the things that are precursors for inflammation. So that's probably my quick list. I'm sure I'm missing a couple of others that, that I probably would want to include, but these are the things that I see women miss frequently or dismiss thinking it's nothing or not a big deal. The one poignant thing that I heard that just really stuck out was that body self-awareness, but just taking that moment to check in with you. You know, I know you talk about that so much on Instagram and and everywhere that you go. And I think that it's so important, but then also seeing how other people are responding to, I really, I think that that is, you know, I can tell my husband's just like, Oh, Oh, what's going on with you? You know? And then you're like, "Uh Oh, what is going on with me? (laughs) What, what did I do? And Uh, their kids too. Oh Oh, my gosh. Talk about a thermometer for knowing you, you know, they, they really can feel and sense your energy and your changes and yeah, really dialing into what's going on with, they, they just know you so intuitively, so beautifully. Okay. So we've got some highlights of what we should be looking out for, but girl, I love, I love the solutions. I love the tips. And, and that's what this book is all about. So we, it's laying out the groundwork, really having that aha moment where we say, okay, something isn't right. Now here's some things that I can begin to do. So what are a couple of tips that you, that you want to highlight from your book that you just love that can help address the superwoman syndrome epidemic that we're all experiencing? Yes. Well, I think the first is hopefully not too hard, but find your power type. We talk about the five types of women in the book that gives you a prescriptive plan for helping you to regain this deficit and energy that we're talking about. And the plan is a little bit different from type to type. So find out who you are. Are you kind of gypsy girl, boss lady, you know, more of a nurturer and earth mama? Are you a nightingale or, or more of a strategist like a savvy chick? So figure out who you are. But beside that, if you want to sort of just like one, two, three, I think number one, remember food is medicine. Really follow an anti-inflammatory diet. I think everyone benefits from that. That means adding in more healthy, good fats, taking out things like gluten and dairy and sugar, and staying roughly where you're eating at nice, consistent intervals because that keeps your energy sustained in a really easy way where you're not going to be dependent on a lot of stuff. So that would be my number one. My number two, if you are sort of in the superwoman syndrome world, is really have 
good, consistent sleep and chase after why you might not be getting consistent sleep because that is the foundation of health and that even affects gut health. It affects hormone health. It affects so many different things. It's probably one of the lessons I learned from my time in the emergency room in the ICU that you know, not getting consistent sleep was the, one of the biggest blocks for me being the best version of myself. So I, I think that's a big one. I can't imagine how much disrupted sleep Girl, you must have been surviving on coffee and adrenaline the oh, whole time. <laughs> that was miserable. So, oh, it was like, okay, today you're working 11 to 11. Tomorrow you're 1 to 1. Then it was 7P to 7A. Then you're back to 11 to 11. Like you're like flip-flopping all over the place. And a lot of moms do that when they have multiple young children, right? They'll be in that same rhythm of some kind. So, so anyhow, so I think sleep is a big one. And the third, I'm going to have to go with stress management. And I hate to say that because it's so overplayed. but but I'm not talking about stress management being stress being external and everyone causing something to you. I'm talking it more about you having the internal ability to manage stress. So building your stress tolerance. And that could be through meditation. It could be through journaling. It could be through uh, acupuncture, yoga, all these different techniques, but really building in the ability to lower and to manage stress. I think that's really important. And I'll probably throw in one more. Uh, one more is B vitamins and magnesium. I think those are the two nutrients or families of nutrients that the majority of women are deficient in and really impact both their daytime energy and their nighttime sleep. Mm. I love all of those actionables. And you know what? The, the having a stress reset plan, it, you know, it's, it's, it may sound like it's overplayed, but it, it, we wouldn't be having the conversation if a day after day, we are we have seen women who really don't have one in place. You know, Absolutely. I feel like we can't emphasize it enough how important it is to lower stress levels because it really is the catalyst to so much crazy inside of the body. So I'm grateful that you mentioned it. I don't think it's overplayed. I don't think people are, are hearing it enough. <laughs> right. Yeah, I think it just has to be on the calendar because as women will let everything else get in the way. And so I think you just have to be a little bit like, I'm doing this. This is my time for it. I'm blocking it out. It's on the calendar. Nothing else can interfere with it. And you sort of take it from there. Hmm. I love that. Okay. And now where can we find you? Tell us where we can come and find you. Also the book, the Superwoman RX, it's on Amazon. It's on Barnes and Noble. It's everywhere. Books are sold everywhere. You just got to Google it in type, get your phone out, pull it up, grab it. I'll have it in the show notes. It'll be on the website when the, when the podcast comes out. So it'll be, well, it's out right now. And when we're having this conversation, so just click that link. If indeed you, you don't want to Google it, it's right there. And Dr. Taz, honey, where else can we find you girl? Well, you can find me on Facebook and Instagram. It's at Dr. Taz MD, D-R-T-A-Z-M-D. And I'm on there a bunch and we're doing a lot of lives and trying to engage and build a community of superpowered women. So join me on that journey. That's probably the best place to find me. My website has lots of information about the book. It has courses and all kinds of things you can do if you want to dig further into your health. That's drtaz.com. So those are probably the best places to find me. That's perfect. Now, personally, I am an Insta girl. I know so many of you are. So go to at Dr. Taz, D-R-T-A-Z-M-D. Got to go like her. Go check out all of her goodies. Her stories are amazing. I'm always seeing and watching her stories. So, you know, I'm always learning a little something new all the time. I know you guys are going to get so much out of it. Well, Dr. Taz, honey, thank you so much for coming on, sharing your brilliance, sharing your truth with us. Just keep on doing that good work that you're doing, girl, because you are changing the world. Oh, thank you. And it's so good to connect with you today. 
Dr. Taz and I share similar stories of burnout and being in survival mode without much time spent on our health. And each of us felt inspired to dedicate our life's work to this area of women's health care. As Dr. Taz shared today, it doesn't take a lot to make powerful changes in our health. The biggest lesson is believing that we deserve it. And guess what? We do. Now that you know a little bit about Dr. Taz's amazing book, Superwoman Rx, I want to invite you to go and grab your copy. It's an amazing book with so many great recommendations. And let me tell you, it is the perfect companion to the essential oils of hormone solution. Having those two books together, my goodness, you have a recipe for success. Because we share so much of the same viewpoints, you will see complimentary recommendations, self-care protocols in both of those books. I have her book. Clearly, I got my book and I love them both. Now, you're going to find the link to her book in my show notes for episode 83 or on the website at drmarisa.com slash podcast. Just go to episode 83 and voila, all the links are there. And I just want to say thank you so much for stopping by and listening in to this show today with me and Dr. Taz. On the next episode, I am bringing on Dr. Gabrielle Rosa. And she is the go-to fertility expert. She's going to be talking about fertility over 40 and how to optimize your chances of taking home a healthy baby. You know, the thing is, is that lots of changes have happened for us as women. A lot of women are getting pregnant in their late 30s and in their 40s. And it's interesting time because as we're kind of stepping into perimenopause, we're also trying to bring together a new family into our lives. And so I love how Dr. Gabrielle Rosa really dials into this conversation for what a lot of women are looking for today. So I hope to see you in this amazing conversation with Dr. Gabrielle in the next episode. Until then, have an amazing day. Bye.